0: Listening to more trailer than Detroit. Welcome to Grave Discussions. I am one half of your terrifying host duo, Barnabas,
1: and I am the other half, Samuel.
0: Welcome back to Grave Discussions. It's been a minute. It has. Our last show was our Halloween episode, which was a lot of fun. Um, but then, you know, Corona, we had to take a break. But of course, we had to come back for our last episode of the year and which episode is this sam
1: this is episode number 98 and we call it 2020 the best of a bad year has been all bad there have been some good things
0: objectively speaking though it's been kind of a dump oh (laughs) yeah for for humanity
1: yes for humanity for humanity for
0: horror not quite as bad horror has actually been in my opinion still kicking like pretty strong this year
1: yeah there's there's some good stuff here and there like if and if you're a horror fan, you know how to find it. And you're already going to know the movies that we're talking about.
0: Yeah, exactly. And we've got quite a few. Of course, this is our annual top 10 list of horror movies that came out in 2020. We each have our own list. And we're going to be talking about uh, what movies ranked in that top 10 and why. And then we've got some other fun topics as well. Just some little, you know, uh, tidbits here and there. Little things. uh Just to talk about some movies that maybe didn't make it into the top 10. Yeah. Just because there has been quite a lot of stuff uh, that's come out this year. So I'm really looking forward to that. Looking forward to a lot of things.
1: Not just this year, but next. Next year is... Mm -hmm. We got Halloween Kills. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Antlers is finally going to come out. And we also have something coming out next year. And it is actually our first piece of news
0: Yeah, exactly. Before we get to that, I do want to give a quick shout out to Sports Radio Detroit, our gracious host network.
1: We love them so much. And you can find them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just look up Sports Radio Detroit. And then you can also visit
0: SportsRadioDetroit.com. That's Sports Radio Detroit, S-R-D, not Detroit Sports Radio. Exactly. And I don't know if you've been to the site recently, Sam, but they actually got a little bit of a makeover. Oh, did they? They did. And the site looks great. It runs Pretty smooth. You can access grave discussions right from that little drop down in there. So, Ooh, really snap. easy. And you can uh, check out all our previous episodes if you haven't listened to any of them or if you just want to re listen to them. So, let's get right into the news, guys. Obviously, there's been a lot of stuff coming out, um, it, whether it's just actual news, new movie announcements, or trailers, or whatever. Um, but there's also been a lot of video game announcements recently. so excited about that! And I'm so excited. I've, if you know me at all, and if you know Sam at all, we both love The Evil Dead. So fucking much. And crazy enough, there is
1: a Evil Dead co-op game coming out in 2021 where you're Ash and everyone else and you
0: face Kandarian Demons. Oh yeah, it's going to be exciting. So we've kind of known about a new evil dead game coming out because there were those rumors that uh you know bruce campbell was going to be voicing ash not really doing live action but voicing him at least in something um we did get him in dead by daylight which is cool but you know i think a lot of people wanted ash to have his own game again and this is it um kind of in the same style as dead by daylight or like left for dead
1: yeah it's like left for dead meets friday the 13th
0: yeah you get to play as one of at least four characters that we know of so far and then you're going up against it looked like like waves yeah. of deadites but then this article also says that you can play as a Kandarian demon uh which i don't know if it's going to be like just some generic creature or if it's going to be like another character like henrietta or something he's probably going to be like it's probably going to be like um that resident evil
1: resistance game mm-hmm. where you're like the head demon and you decide like what kind of deadites to send out mm-hmm. where to send them out from like you're like the fucking game master okay. of the evil side
0: yeah that's that's interesting because i was actually kind of likening it to uh like gears of war horde mode oh, in shit. the car which i don't know if you've played it but you basically just fight against waves of enemies but i'm thinking it's going to be something maybe like that plus you play as like this head honcho <laughs> demon yeah or whatever in the midst of it all so We'll see. Uh, There's going to be more details coming out, but it's still a really cool idea. And even though a lot of people want like a narrative game, I'd like that too. But you know what? Gaming nowadays is really focused on multiplayer, focused on like DLC and stuff like that. This is not only the perfect opportunity, but it's just going to be a fun game, which I think is what the Evil Dead is all about. So
1: I agree because like with these like story based games, like you go in, you play the story once and then you're like, all right, I'll go revisit this game in like a year. In yeah. Games like Dead by Daylight and Friday the 13th, there's always people playing them constantly and they're not story based. So,
0: yeah, so I think I I like that idea better. It would be one thing if it was like some expansive like uh Red Dead Redemption type game or something, but I don't think that would work anyway. So, this is pretty cool. So far they've announced Ash, obviously, uh Kelly from the Ash vs Evil Dead series. King Arthur from Army of Darkness and then Scotty from the original Evil Dead as playable characters. And then nothing about the Kandirian demon yet, but what do you th- what do you think about those characters real quick?
1: I don't know. I'd like uh what's his name?
0: Pablo? Pablo. Yeah. <laughs> Pablo would be cool. Um <laughs> King Arthur, that's wild, but I love that. I just want to like chop some Deadites heads off with his sword.
1: The only thing that's going to be like kind of sucky is like when you get online everyone's gonna like crowd over ash yeah everyone's gonna want to play ash so i think like they should make like different ashes like Mm. different skins so you can all be him like you can be ash from the first one the second one the one from army of darkness or the one from like the series
0: yeah and that that would be cool i'd also like to see evil ash as like one of the demon characters that you can play that would be cool or like one of you guys can get possessed Mm, yeah that would be cool because like why not Because Possessed Ash and Evil Ash are, like, kind of different characters anyway. Um, So, yeah, that would be cool. I agree. So, I think there's a lot of really cool stuff going on with this game. Um, I'm excited for it either way as an Evil Dead fan. I'm not really, like, torn up about what kind of game it is, to be honest. And, honestly, the gameplay itself just looks super fun. Like, blowing off Deadite's heads and, like, chopping them off is a lot different than, like, Friday the 13th or Dead by Daylight or something. Yeah,
1: because Dead by Daylight you fix generators and then use flashlights and Friday the 13th you hit Jason with an axe or a a baseball bat and then you have to do really arbitrary things to kill him or Mm -hmm. escape and like this one this one seems a bit more exciting I don't know I don't understand the Friday the 13th comparisons other than the fact that there's a cabin and woods
0: like yeah yeah I agree with that so I think it touches more on, like, the soul of the Evil Dead, to be honest. So, I'm looking forward to it, for sure. Um, There's no release date yet, but it's going to be coming out on PC, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch at some point. Hopefully, like, next year. Let's hope it's out by May, because they did say 2021. Yeah, I hope so. That would be dope. So, uh, moving on. That's exciting. Also exciting, not, like, the most... Horror centric news, but considering like the content, I felt like it deserves some inclusion. Yeah, and the movie itself is going to be rated R, of course, and supposedly is going to feature gory fatalities. You know what I'm talking about, Gravers? It's Mortal Kombat. Not much more that we know about it, other than like who's playing who. Mm -hmm.
1: And as far as I've seen, like they don't have anyone playing Johnny Cage, but you know they have Shang Tsung, they have Liu Kang, and stuff like that. So. They have the main dudes down. They have a Sub-Zero, I think, already. But I don't know what it's going to be about. Probably it's going to be way different than the fucking 1990s movie, which was yeah. kind of like... <laughs> meh.
0: And, it's a cult classic, but it's it's pretty cheesy and bad. And, like,
1: both Mortal Kombat movies that came out, like, at that time, w- 1 and Annihilation, they're non-canon to the games. So yeah, either they're trying to... They're either going to start a new storyline or they're actually gonna follow the way the games went which i doubt because like we've played the games and mm-hmm. like they didn't really have much of a story because it was super nintendo you know so, it was like, like a tournament yeah so hopefully it's not just the tournament and hopefully it's something interesting like just like the original movie like lu kang and the good guys like battling for earth and then like shang Tsung and goro and everyone like Fighting for Outworld and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. I'm down to see some fatalities as long as none of our like main characters get like their arms ripped off by Goro or something crazy,
0: yeah. something crazy like that. We'll see what happens, I guess. Sonia Blade and them are in it too. Um, Melina is even in it, which is gonna be like fire to see if she pulls off her mask and all <laughs> the fucking her things. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, you know, I think it sounds pretty cool. One. Uh, interesting thing is that james wan will be producing it but it's being directed and written by two relative newcomers uh simon mcquoid (laughs) that's what his name looks like and greg russo is the is the writer so i checked their imdb credits they really don't have anything so i wonder if james wan just kind of trusts them if there's some emerging talents but you know it's mortal Kombat, so as long as it looks good and has a bunch of like cool choreography i think people will ultimately enjoy it and uh hopefully yeah it's coming out on hbo max and in theaters april 16th 2021 which also if you guys weren't aware uh wb is basically going to be putting all of their stuff onto hbo max next year which is exciting for anybody who has hbo max that includes like wonder woman and king kong versus godzilla and like a bunch of other stuff
1: damn hbo max is just
0: they want everything. They
1: already took South Park from me.
0: Yeah, you, you should get it. I mean, I have a, an account, so if anything, I can let you use it. Oh shit, but, for real? Yeah, but it, it's pretty good. Do you have Disney Plus? Uh, a mutual acquaintance of ours does. I have Disney Plus. Oh, you do? Okay. <laughs> you need Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> so yeah, guys, uh, if you do have it, go check it out on April 16th, or you can go to theaters, obviously, depending on what the situation looks like, but uh, either way, there it is. And finally, uh, what's this next bit of news about, Sam? So,
1: there's this new series called Brand New Cherry Flavor. And uh, something, something, supernatural revenge. Something, something, Los Angeles 90s. Something, something, girl goes to Brazil. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It wasn't, like, really too specific on, like, what's, like, going on. But... They're from the Channel Zero team, so mm. I have high hopes because I haven't seen much of it. I've watched, like, a few episodes of, like, Channel Zero, and it's true to horror. It's not, like, American Horror Story, which wasn't really made for horror fans. <laughs> yeah. Channel Zero was, and it's obvious, so if this is anything like Channel Zero instead of, like, you know, just like, reintroducing us to, like, the same cast members, yeah, then I th- Think it'll be cool. Um, I don't know horror thriller revenge series. I don't know how I feel about revenge movies. Yeah, they're usually kind of like, kind of. I, it's always having to do with like rape and like. Mm, yeah, it's like yeah, I get it, but like, can we stop? Like, I don't like watching that shit. It's either like rape or murder. It depends on the movie, honestly, because so if it's like murder, I'm fine with that. Yeah,
0: they're they're if it's that then it's, it's all good
1: yeah exactly <laughs> I,
0: I get it though i get it yeah there are a few that are like like i spare on your grave for some, whatever reason those tend to be like the more horror focused yeah. rather than like the, the more hard-boiled like thrillers um because a lot of like the korean revenge stuff people like talk about it in horror circles but they're not really horror movies except for like i saw the devil you can make an argument for that but those are more about like someone got murdered and someone like chases after somebody for revenge you know those are pretty good not super horror focused so i don't know how this one's going to play out uh apparently it's being adapted from a novel by todd grimson of the same name which i have no idea what the book's about but uh i mean the setting and everything looks cool it's like sun drenched but seamy world of 1990 los angeles and concerns a movie director being played by rosa salazar So, that already is cool. Again, I don't know how it's going to play into, like, the whole horror angle, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, I wish they would, like, have elaborated more. At least, like, on the, like, just give us the story just very generally. Mm -hmm. Like, not this fucking generally. Like, not this vaguely. Yeah.
0: This just sounds like, okay, it's going to be some kind of, like, trippy supernatural revenge movie. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's it. So, I don't know. If there's more information, we'll uh, try to let you guys know there really isn't a release date or anything yet, but considering the time of the news, I'm guessing probably sometime in 2021. Uh, So that is something to look forward to. And then we have our usual regiment of uh, three movie trailers that just came out. And these are pretty recent. And the first one is probably the biggest one we have. And that is
1: a remake-ish. A complete rehash. And it is as I'm sure that you all know, wrong turn. Except now, it's like, people know about the mutants, the mutants stay out of the town, the town stays away from like, the mountaintop, or wherever the fuck these mutants are, and, we don't even know if they're mutants, we see people dressed in black, people wearing like a fucking, like the skull of a fucking moose, and shit like that, so, I'm not sure what's going on here, um, I don't care, if they're not mutants, and, and, at the whole time like my country tis of thee or some shit is playing in the background and then the people in the fucking town are talking about they're trying to start their own nation this <laughs> yeah. and that and it's like I uh, okay <laughs> um imagine a whole nation of fucking mutants
0: that would be not that much different <laughs> yeah nowadays. it probably wouldn't be it's the same thing as with all the fucking hillbillies here I mean yeah they their fucking yee yee trucks and confederate uh, <laughs> flags uh if we offend somebody, then we don't really care unfortunately but yeah fucking yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh not that much different but I mean, obviously wrong turn, the original series had the whole cleft uh, palette guy and yeah I, fr- I forget the other characters honestly he was like the main one, but uh you know, they were cool. they had their moment in the sun, but yeah, I don't really mind either to be honest. I think they're gonna be some kind of like fucking crazy backwoods person type of thing most likely they are some kind of inbred you know person or whatever but um i think the movie itself actually looks pretty decent yeah it seems to be more of like a reimagining because i actually remember them talking about this like foundation or whatever sometime in in the past when we did the news i think we actually even discussed it but i think even then it was like being marketed more as like wrong turn whatever seven yeah (laughs) however however many movies there are but this is like wrong turn so it's it's one of those you know we're gonna call it the same thing and it's gonna be more of like a yeah like you said like a rehashing almost exactly but the cinematography and stuff looks pretty cool looks really good yeah we didn't really see the killers but like we see that there are like traps in the woods and you know things like that so um i think it's at least going to be exciting is it going to be like great i don't know um i, I don't think it's going to be like a super conventional slasher is the thing
1: no it doesn't look like it, it looks like there's like Some mystery behind it. And I swear to God, if the mystery is like the townspeople and the fucking mountain people are the same people.
0: Oh, that would suck.
1: You ever think about that one?
0: Yeah. Like the town people are protecting them because of whatever, like they're all relatives or some crazy shit like that.
1: Yeah. And it's going to be in theaters January 26th for one night.
0: Yeah. That's all the article says. I don't really get the deal behind that, but, um, one night only buy your tickets in advance and then I guess you can go and see it kind of weird. Like, either just release it or just release it digitally or something. I don't know, whatever, but...
1: Or just give us the Blu-ray. Yeah, or that. But then, like, I guess there's, like, a weird stigma in, like, you know, every community about straight to, like, physical copy releases. Yeah. Because, you know, like, a lot of, like, the fucking shitty 80s horror movies were, like, straight to video. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess that stigma of straight to video, like, never went away.
0: Oh, yeah, it definitely still exists. But now it's not... Even as much straight to video, it's just like straight to streaming straight to on streaming. like or something. You know, that's yeah, like the that's... worst you can get. So, I don't think, no, I don't think this is going to be that bad at all. I would love to have it on physical, but got to give them their chance to make their ticket money, I of guess. Of course. Uh, so, that's uh, January 26th. And this next one, I'm actually quite a bit more excited about to be honest looks bonkers it it really does this one's called the queen of black magic coming out january 28th on shutter and this is yet again a uh an indonesian horror film um from the writer actually joko anwar of empedigore that came out this year and also uh satan slaves the remake that's on shutter which were both great. I don't know if you saw those. I personally enjoyed them. And we've seen a bunch of Indonesian horror that's coming out recently. And honestly, it's pretty fire. So this one looks super good. As long as it's not Bollywood horror, then I'm down with it. <laughs> no. This one actually looks like really vicious and like visceral. And the even the story itself is, is pretty cool. Kind of like typical of the Indonesian stuff coming out nowadays. But um, it concerns this orphanage and this family goes there uh to to uh i think commemorate somebody that passed away is it that the dad knew or something like that
1: i thought it's like the weren't they like all I, I don't know like if i remember like they weren't they all like orphans living in a house and like the guy that was in there that was dying was their like quote unquote father or something
0: yeah here we go it says uh family travels to the distant rural, rural orphanage where the yeah. father was raised to pay their respects to the facility's gravely ill Director, and then some supernatural shit happens. In the trailer, it seems like oh, their father was raised at the place? Yeah.
1: Okay. I thought they were raised
0: there by the guy that was ill. No, but I think that the father meets up with like his friend that was also raised there. Um and etc. So uh yeah, it it it's a normal enough story, but it actually looks great. It, it in that really case, it, it really is how you execute it.
1: And I'm pretty geeked about the straight to shutter. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only straight to streaming platform besides like Prime. That, like, people are, like, oh, okay. Yeah, you can take it seriously. Because if you're, like, straight to Netflix, it's, like, okay, we'll see, but it's probably going to be another, like, fucking bird box bullshit or whatever the fuck. (laughs) And then if it's straight to Hulu, people are, like, people don't even notice it. Yeah, it it exists. Because Hulu doesn't even fucking promulgate things. Like, hey, look, look what we got. And -hmm. if it's straight to Tubi, it's, like, hit or miss because Tubi has a lot of good movies. But it also has, like, just as many bad movies, so you're really flipping a coin there. Yeah,
0: exactly. But, I mean, I've been impressed with a lot of the Shudder originals lately, to be honest, which have included stuff from this country, from this writer. So I'm definitely looking forward to this one. If you've seen any of those movies, it's just going to be, like, the same batshit, crazy, like, bloody (laughs) supernatural stuff with, like, I guess witches or whatever. So, yeah, it, it looks cool for sure. Um, that one's coming out again January 28th on Shudder.
1: I think this next one I'm probably the most excited for out yeah. of these three. I would say this one and then Wrong Turn and then the, um, the Queen of Black Magic because, like, I don't know. I like when there's, like, this one, Sater. It's mm-hmm. called, by the way, guys. Sater. S-A-T-O-R. Which is basically, like, a goat man or something. Or, like, a minotaur. I don't know. Fucking... <laughs>
0: It's, like, in, I think, Greek mythology is Seder. Uh, it's, it's S-A-T-Y-R, and it's, yeah, it's, like, some kind of half goat or whatever.
1: Yeah, and, like... Person, but... I like movies that focus on a monster that isn't really, like, canon to any, like, sort of, like, religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, The Conjuring had Valak, and Valak's, like, an actual demon of, you know, Christianity. This one's just satyr, and it turns, like, this Greek myth into, like, this really, like, malevolent, like... Mm-hmm force and it's like demonic and like the trailer made me feel really like uneasy Mm -hmm. and then seeing its claws but like all that stuff at the end like when he's like reaching his finger out it leads me to believe that like it's a person dressed as something i hope not i hope it's an actual monster because Swear to God, if, if it's one of these people are the real monsters, man, movies, I'm going to fucking be pissed. That's going to be unfortunate. At
0: least it's showing something unlike like uh, It Comes at Night or whatever where nothing... I mean, it wasn't like a terrible movie, but not a lot really happened. Like, it didn't I'll, satisfy I was surprised it had such good ratings because like yeah.
1: all the critics were like, wow, so good. And you see like the Amazon ratings and people give it like one and a half stars out of five. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> critics are just like, so far up their own asses like they're like wow this movie's artsy and it like it speaks to me it's like Mm -hmm. dude like i I don't think fucking i don't think non-horror fans should watch a movie and like talk about like look how good this is because like most critics aren't like big time horror fans they're just like some assholes who write articles like about every movie that they see and like psychoanalyze everything and Mm -hmm. like put out too many like opinion pieces and it's like i don't know i think we should have more of horror fans judging horror like or at least knowledgeable ones
0: not i like to the- read to make no sense <laughs> like not those people yeah no not them that's why you should listen to us guys just keep listening to us yeah i mean when have we let you down seriously and don't comment on that watch final <laughs> exam like... watch final exam all right so in one case <laughs> one case but other than that <laughs> I think we've been pretty consistent. Final Exam is the best movie yeah. ever. Oh my God. Anyway, I'm never going <laughs> to let that go. Anyway, interestingly enough about not Final Exam, about <laughs> <Seder. laughs> um, that I don't know if you actually read this part of the article, but it, it, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised, hopefully, because it says um, the director, Jordan Graham, actually says uh, that the film is quite personal to him because it delves into his own family's history with mental illness surrounding a supernatural entity. Oh shit. And uses home video footage to create an interwoven piece between documentary and fiction. Obviously the trailer makes it look like it's fiction. Um, Hopefully it doesn't go just that straight like mental illness route. I wonder if he's actually going to make it like a supernatural entity in the movie. But
1: like the supernatural entity is the metaphor for the illness. See like Babadook. Like I like that when the creature's real Mm -hmm. he's like tangible Mm -hmm. he's physical but the creature is a representation of something else not that like and he doesn't just, like, go away when you're like, go away. Yeah, you're, like, her. on fucking
0: Insidious when he pushes the fucking demon. Will, Get
1: away from me. And he pushes him.
0: It's like, dude, fuck that movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. I-, I hope it does go more that route instead of just being, like, they're just crazy. And you yeah, <laughs> are like, I imagining shit. imagining this thing. But the movie kind of leads me to believe that it might not be that. So it does look very cool. Uh, it's coming out, I think, February 19th. Sorry. February 9th, 2021. Oh, uh, on digital so very soon I'm
1: definitely gonna rent it
0: oh yes yeah that one looks quite good so guys that's gonna do it for all the news on this episode we hope you uh learned some stuff and we're actually gonna take a short break now because once we come back we want to give you guys an uninterrupted 2020 you know year in review and give you our top 10 lists so stick around we're gonna plug some more srd shows and then we'll be right back all right, Fred. So the people at Sports Radio
1: Detroit want us to cut a promo for Parsons and Slow.
0: Want them to cut me a check for Parsons and Slow. Well,
1: um, I've I've googled some keywords and I'm going
0: to uh, put them here in a promo. So so here it goes. Ready, Fred? Yeah. Uh, analytics away. Parsons and Slow. We have the content consumers crave. Listen to us on iTunes,
1: Spotify, uh, anywhere else that podcasts are available or will kill you. We won't really kill you. Just listen to our podcast,
0: brand new, every Friday on Sports Radio Detroit. Okay, I'm ready to do the promo. Oh, that was it. Do you love pop culture? Discussions about pop culture? Ranking and rating treasured pieces of that shared culture against each other?
1: I, j- I mean, I do think Flea's a good bass player. He does what he does very well. And like I said, he's he's a he's like a rock star, you know. He's eccentric, and what is so funny? What I just didn't like?
0: know he talks so long about flea. I, I didn't know anybody I had mean, so many a, feelings.
1: I do. So many feelings. <laughs> yeah.
0: Music, movies, television, food, sports, pro wrestling. We are the determination of what is over or underrated across all fields of greater cultural consumption. Subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts and Podbean, or visit us at sportsradiodetroit.com. Over under fair, your final word in pop cultural relevance. Welcome back, Gravers. And now it is time for our final main segment of 2020. And of course, we're going to be discussing our top 10 lists. Before we get into the lists, uh, however, I just wanted to kind of talk about just very briefly horror in general in 2020 and then just some like quick fire, you know, kind of topics, questions based on our lists, maybe of movies that didn't make the top 10, uh, just so we. Talk about, you know, a couple more things, but just sort of your, I just want to know your general kind of thoughts on horror, you know, this year that came out, and if you saw any, like, trends, if you liked them or not, that kind of thing.
1: I don't really see too many trends. Uh, There was a fucking, a shit ton of, like, even random ones that I just scrolled past on, like, Prime that, like, barely didn't even have any ratings because they were so obscure. Yeah. There's a lot of Supernatural movies coming out, but they're trying to, they're trying to take take away from that whole the conjuring insidious paranormal activity feel Mm -hmm. and go toward a more like dark atmospheric foreboding type of like horror movie like we saw that with like the dark and the wicked Mm -hmm. and we saw that with like z for example like it's just there's a lot of supernatural stuff i guess there was like some like slasher stuff that i saw and like murder mystery and stuff like that and like I don't know I think like we're just kind of like losing like ideas for like creativity I I think we're just rehashing the same old shit as, as far as the supernatural films go besides one actually I think I was supernatural or a few of them that I actually like that had really really good atmosphere a really good story and were actually scary other than that like we've got like fucking movies like the dark and the wicked and like (laughs) the grudge like (laughs) sort of like rehashing things that already exist and like yeah i I don't think it's the right era for that anymore um i also think like we got to start like not calling every movie artsy and pretentious because like that seems to be a trend in the horror community now Mm -hmm. this movie's artsy and pretentious why can't we have a guy dressed as a gay clown killing everyone like i don't know we gotta we gotta get away from nostalgia a little bit too because like we're horror fans we know how it started we know like what it took to get to this point in time to have movies like this like at this point we do need more avant-garde stuff we do need more experimental horror that's actually scary, and that like people really don't have to like Google what does this mean in this movie because right. like I think that's a big thing too. people don't want to Google what a movie means because like sometimes like movies like like if nobody told me what mother was about, like I probably wouldn't have thought about it as like, oh, it's an allegory for Genesis and the Bible, you know, like I think movies like hereditary did it good, and if you don't understand hereditary, you're just dumb as fuck like. <laughs> They literally dropped hints throughout the movie about what was going on. They literally almost spelled it out for us. Like, not through, like, dialogue, but, like, through things seen through the character's eyes. Like, Mm -hmm. same thing with Midsummer. Like, it doesn't take a genius to figure out what those films are about and what they mean. Like, there's, there's... It's not, like, obvious what it is, but, like, if you, like, sit there and, like, analyze the hints that they give you, and connect them, and just be deductive. You can be like, okay, that's what this means. I, mm-hmm. I do think I do like artsy films, but not like to the point where it's pretentious. Like Velvet Buzzsaw, for example.
0: <laughs> yeah, even though that was very like intentionally kind of pretentious, because talking exactly. about like the art world, yeah, it still kind of fell off for me too. But, I I think yeah. it was,
1: it was purposefully pretentious, but I felt like they went about. Being pretentious in a pretentious way, you know what yeah. I mean. It was like, it was like kind of like South Park ish. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it to you.
0: Let, I I get what you're saying, but let, let me talk about one. Not really, I don't want to talk about it. I just want to mention it. But one specific example that I I, th- I think you might have watched. I'm not totally sure, but uh, I watched it a few days ago, and I think it fits kind of you know where you're going. Uh, is Vivarium? Yeah, I watched it the other day, and just to just to. Give you guys a thing. That was number 42 on my list of 53 movies. I th- I thought I was going to like it a lot better. I thought, like, the concept from, like, a sci-fi, you know, point of view was actually pretty cool, but it just, like, didn't fucking do anything. Yeah. do like, why? What's I felt point? like it
1: was pointless. Exactly. Let's... And spoiler alert. Let's keep taking couples and bringing them to this neighborhood and have them raise this kid and then... They die and then the kid that yeah. they raised comes back as another real estate agent so that more couples can raise more kids to become real estate agents <laughs> that cause couples to be driven insane by taking
0: being taken to this yeah. place that no one else can get to. Like it's it, what's the point? I don't know. It's like some kind of alien race that pretends to uh you know know like what humanity is like or like wants to mimic them basically so it like kind of learns from them and but it has this really like picturesque uh redundant view of like suburban life. You know what movie did that better? Like The Burbs. Yeah. And that The Burbs did that way better, you know. So I don't know. I I get what you're saying. Um I think artsy movies are totally fine, but they should have they should have a point. It should be pretty clear what it is, you know. You don't have to like a movie like uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow, let's say, even though we both like that movie, it did kind of have a lot of that yeah. s- sort of stuff going on. Um, you know, we shouldn't we shouldn't need to Google it, Google everything like you said, but I don't think there's anything really wrong with those. A lot of the movies in my top ten, you could, could technically consider like art horror movies. Yeah, of course. But it's just it's just keeping up and and is consistent with kind of just the trend in cinema. Like, look. If you're not really familiar with the world of filmmaking, so much has evolved since like the 1980s. And with that evolution comes a different kind of like style and like look and feel to, to movies. So even though you still have a lot of fun movies, they're still not going to like mimic the eighties because nothing will, we live in a completely different time. There's different technology, different ways of, of doing things, different film techniques and stuff like that. And people just have different mindsets. So, it's it's not going to be the same.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are, like, 1980s movies that were, like, ahead of their time. Like, mm-hmm. Possession, for example. Yeah. Even in terms of exploitation films, like, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Because it showed what serial killers are, like, actually, like, and it was very important mm-hmm. to realize that, yeah, serial killers kill people at random, and they have different MOs, and, like, purposefully the same serial killer will make it look like he didn't commit another crime and that like there's just there's just movies from the 80s that were way ahead of their time like those two and Mm -hmm. then there's movies like fucking final exam (laughs) that are just like cookie cutter and then people talk about it the 80s were better the slasher movies but it's like if you were around for the 80s which we weren't but we know what happened slasher movies people stopped caring about them like People got tired of the same old shit. Like, mm-hmm. can't just be like slasher movie, slasher movie, slasher movie, slasher movie. Like, it's it gets really fucking tedious just watching the same movie mm-hmm. with like a different fucking twist. Like, mm, same thing with the paranormal movies. Look why they died out. You might every every paranormal movie from two thousand and ten to two thousand and like nineteen. You might as well just call it Boo Haunted House. Mm,
0: yeah, exactly. I mean, so I guess. What sl- slashers were, like, in the 80s, I think, is what people feel like all these, like, supernatural movies and, like, art movies are nowadays. Yeah. Which, for some movies, I think is, it's fair. Some are still pretty damn good. Like, even the Hereditaries and midsummers of the horror genre. Oh, yeah. If, if it's a unique enough concept, if it's executed really well, I think it still really works. Although, I'll agree, there are a bunch that are kind of, like, just fake imitations, kind of, that are just trash. But, um... You just got to look for that original stuff, man. Be open-minded. Although what I will say is um, I I do think there's still a lot of original ideas out there, but not so much in the supernatural realm. I think sci-fi horror has been huge this year, and I think it's going to continue to be huge. Um, Even movies like Synchronic, which is the follow-up to The Endless, like that hasn't even come out yet. But a lot of people were raving about that one. So I think those movies are going to still be pretty popular. I think they did well this year obviously independent horror in general has been uh, booming since I think that's obviously. where it's at now because Hollywood yeah. just keeps
1: other than like you know wrong turn coming out and mm-hmm. like stuff like that but we need stuff that's like not really like super mainstream like look at Summer of 84 Yeah. one of my favorite horror movies in the past like 10 years mm-hmm. and it was not mainstream at all most people haven't even heard of it true
0: yeah and that just ties into you know stuff like shutter and netflix and other channels putting out good original content as well just to streaming so despite all the delays that COVID has caused in like in hollywood and in releasing these like blockbuster movies like Candyman and stuff despite that independent horror has still been trending way upwards anyway it's uh it's reliable you know it's pretty consistent and it's getting better in quality like all the time and you still have like 80s throwback movies like scare package even yeah that are coming out often as well so even if that is just like your thing you still have movies like that coming out so um yeah i think those are definitely some of the trends i noticed a lot more female driven horror too not like the final girl stuff but just kind of in general mm-hmm. um that's been on the on the up for sure um yeah those are some of my kind of like main takeaways i still think horror is really strong it is. So It it would have been stronger
1: if some movies were allowed to be released this year.
0: Yeah, like, I agree. I have a feeling that Antlers would have, like, blew a lot of the movies this year out of the water. Mm-hmm. I'm still looking forward to it. Unfortunately, I think it was even bumped from its originally planned, like, February or something release. So I don't know when it's coming out. But I agree. I I It is sad. I mean, I still would have liked to have seen even, like, Candyman and stuff. You know, I think that would have been good, but... I think so. We'll just have to wait and see. So, that's just kind of our general thoughts. I had a couple, like, quick uh, questions as well. First of all, um, what would you say was maybe, like, your biggest disappointment and your biggest surprise, but nothing that's in your top ten?
1: Oh, biggest disappointment was definitely The Grudge. Yeah. Because, like, we went to that, it was, like, me, you, Conrad. Mm-hmm. And then, was Cody with us? I don't think so. I know Conrad was with Maybe. us, and I think Mugbim was with us. I forget most And things. I remember literally all of us, as soon as we, like, got up and walked down the steps and started leaving, and, like, we were in, like, the hallway, we were like, that fucking sucked.
0: Yeah. That was my biggest disappointment. <laughs> and your biggest, uh, like, pleasant surprise? Not in your top ten. Not my top ten? Yep.
1: Um... I was surprised, and it's not... I don't necessarily, like, love this movie. My biggest surprise was, um, Castle Freak. Because it was completely different than the original. Because the original, it's like, haha, a monster living in the castle. And this one, it was like, Um, this is the granddaughter of so-and-so, and we're using it to open this portal to release fucking <laughs> Cthulhu and shub <Shub-Niggurath."> Like, you <laughs> know, like, like yogg yeah, yeah, like, it was the granddaughter of yogg Sothoth, like, and it was actually, like, Lovecraftian. Yeah. It wasn't just, like, monster in the castle. But, like, the thing that kind of, like, threw me off about the movie is, like, how the whole movie was just sex, 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 <laughs> yeah. sex,
0: sex. I know. It was weird. I'm like... The original was not like that at all. No. And I don't even think it really, like, really fit with, with this one. Like, in the original, the castle freak is understandably like horny as fuck because he's you know been like chained and beaten and (laughs) stuck in a dungeon you know in a castle or whatever understandable but like this movie just had so much of it i i didn't get it but
1: yeah i was surprised though at the lore like yeah they they had a lot of lovecraftian actual lore in there Mm -hmm. it wasn't like the old one it's like well dad sacrifices himself to kill the monster like yeah Monster living
0: in the walls of a castle with his family in it. I think the actual like thinking that went into the movie was good. Yeah. But uh I wasn't like super impressed with just the production quality and yeah all the, sex just like the pacing and stuff. Yeah, um, it felt wasn't, weird. wasn't great. But I I
1: think and the dude shooting up heroin in the castle.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then the guy that was just called the professor. I'm Like okay, dude. Yeah. <laughs> So, there was uh, there was uh, quite a bit to it that I wasn't that pleased with. But I think the general, like, kind of idea behind it was was cool. So, all right. Uh, my biggest disappointment actually probably had to be The Pale Door. Which the Pale Door? I don't know if you've seen it. That was that one that was supposed to be, like, kind of from Dust Till Dawn-ish, but with witches and, like, a western. <laughs> so, I was, like, really excited about the idea of it. And then I watched it, and it was, like, just, meh okay like the suits and everything and that very basic like okay they go to like this bar in the middle of nowhere to hide out because they're like some thieves or something in like the old west and they have to like find a shelter and (laughs) they get taken in by this like coven or something so once all the witches came out like it was cool but the actual story was kind of trash and the production quality was probably better than castle freak maybe like just barely but uh it it wasn't all that great so and biggest surprise my biggest surprise kind of a difficult one but i might have to say it's like a tie between the host which i thought was great uh for what it was and um and the beach house the beach house i
1: saw the the thing for that one i didn't Mm -hmm. actually watch it
0: i think it's also on shutter but uh I was pleasantly surprised by that one because I didn't think it was going to be that great but I actually really enjoyed it quite a bit it was it's kind of Lovecraftian in a sense and I almost thought it even kind of resembled like color out of space but just sort of way more toned down but uh, it was cool like I thought the atmosphere was good like the tension was super good. And then once it started getting into that more like kind of trippier cosmic stuff, I actually thought they pulled that part off really really well because it wasn't like super in your face, but it was more like kind of uh, like conceptualized, like kind of cosmic. You got to give me shit, a, you know, you got to give me like
1: a good list of like 2020 films. Yeah, because like I still have a lot to check out.
0: You can look at uh, you can look at my uh, top list once once we uh, say it because I I do have a bunch of pretty good stuff on here um so yeah those are probably mine all right i'm gonna skip over these next two questions i had i think just because we want to you know not go super long what are your uh bottom three films and then our honorable mention so let's start with your last three films
1: my last three films are the grudge you know fantasy island and run
0: okay but you also how many uh movies do you have on your list like in total just so people get like a reference point you know
1: 19
0: okay yeah i have 53 on mine but i've just been watching movies like every day yeah (laughs) so um okay so the grudge fantasy island and run cool so the grudge is also my last one that movie was god awful um and then the into the dark hulu thing crawlers that one was pretty bad i haven't seen it thank god yeah thank god and um then after midnight which promised to be, like, a pretty interesting horror romance movie or something like that. But it was just kind of weird. Nothing really happened until, like, the very end. I don't know if you remember. That was that one where his wife or girlfriend or something, like, leaves him. And then he thinks that, like, some monster is attacking him at night. So he, like, barricades himself inside his house. And then, like, the monster attacks him or something. It was it was odd. And I, I didn't really like it. <laughs> so... All right, those are our bottom three films. What are your honorable mentions, or AKA your like fifteen through eleven? Ah, uh, so
1: honorable mentions: *The Dark and the Wicked*. Great atmosphere, great acting. Did not have a point. Yeah. Like you said, the point was there's the devil, and he's here. Pretty like, much. That was all that happened in that movie. Um, Z. Uh Z was pretty good with I think Elizabeth Banks was in it. I'm not sure. Mm, someone like that. Was Elizabeth <laughs> Banks, let me check. I guess Keegan Connor Tracy. Okay. Yeah, I I don't know why I thought Elizabeth Banks. <laughs> Another honorable mention to Relic. It was good. I enjoyed it, but like not gonna lie, I was kinda bored for most of the movie. So it felt like a very like calm version of the taking of Deborah Logan. And then afterward, I got Castle Freak, which, you know, I already, like, talked about that one. And after that was Scare
0: Package. Okay. Nice. I enjoyed Scare Package for the most part. I liked, like, the first story, and then the Joe Bob story were good. Some of the middle segments were, like, not that great, though, I thought. so. All right. Nice honorable mentions. Good, good. Uh, mine are... So, at 15, I have VFW.
1: I saw that one, like not watched it but i saw like the i've heard a lot of people talking about it i was actually pleasantly surprised by that one it's by the same guy who did bliss so oh my friend uh my friend uh chaz on from dead by daylight he's actually really good friends with the guy who made these movies oh nice joe bagos yeah and my buddy chaz was actually supposed to be in terrifier
0: oh yeah okay (laughs) nice so yeah, you gotta give me his contact info. But uh VFW is cool. It's it's very similar. It's kinda got that really grainy kind of film look to it. It's very like bloody and violent. Uh, basically it's about a group of veterans who have to barricade up their bar because they're protecting some girl who stole a bunch of drugs from some like junkies. What the fuck? Yeah. It's pretty cool. So there's a lot of like improvised weapons, kinda like from Dust Till Dawn slash Assault on Precinct 13. It was pretty cool. Honestly, I was I was really surprised by how much I enjoyed it. It's got the dude from Don't Breathe in there. It's oh, got shit. it's got. I'm guessing he's one of the veterans. Yeah, he's like the main guy. It's got Frost from From Dust Till Dawn in there. William Sadler, uh, a bunch of other uh, great actors. So that one was cool. The next one I probably would have rated higher, but I feel like this one is probably like the least horror on this list. But it's uh, the Vast of Night which was that Amazon exclusive, basically about one night in some like little, uh, rural town where aliens are supposedly visiting and people like call in and talk about all kind of creepy stuff, um, on the, this local radio station. And it kind of chronicles that. So honestly, that one was really good. Um, I thought it had like a great atmosphere and like vibe to it, especially with the old timey, uh, you know, radio stuff. Cause it was setting like the
1: 50s I think. You remember the name of that one movie that was supposed to come out with the Night and the Monster?
0: It was oh, like Oh yeah. that's coming out in like uh summer next year I think. It's still not out? No. I know what you're talking about. I think it's like the the Green Night or something like that. Something. Yeah. No, unfortunately out that that was not out yet, but yeah, The Vast of Night um I thought was pretty good. That's my number 14. 13 is The Beach House, which I talked about. 12 uh <laughs> probably wouldn't make a lot of people's top 15s but you know me and you know that i love vampires and monsters and old school vampire monsters and whatnot so my number 12 is blood vessel okay which came out uh on shutter and this one's kind of like not like goofy but it's about this group of like soldiers it's set during world war ii and it's on a nazi boat where they discover like this old vampire and his uh bride who are stowed away on the boat so they have to like fight it off honestly it's really cool um it's super dark the vampire like makeup looks really sweet so uh, i think i think you'd probably like it too honestly so that's my number 12 and then number 11 is host which again um i thought it was a really clever concept obviously it's super low budget but just just for what it is i think it's really effective and i think that surprised a lot of people i think so
1: honestly it scared me yeah like and then i watched it with my girl we watched i watched a second time with her and like
0: she was freaked out and she couldn't (laughs) fucking sleep yeah yeah no i thought it was really well done you know taking the the current situation of a pandemic and not like it's not like it hasn't been done before but it hasn't really been done in this format before with like the uh the Skype call kind of a format. Yeah, it's kind of like what's that
1: one, unfriended. Unfriended. Yeah, but like this was different.
0: Yeah, I I, I liked the uh, I liked host quite a bit. So those are my honorable mentions. And uh, now I think it's time for our top ten lists. Oh gosh. So guys, we do have to preface this by saying, is these are just our opinions. Yeah, and these aren't <laughs>
1: necessarily which movies I think were like objectively directed and shot the best mm-hmm. these are just like which ones i had the most fun with
0: yeah uh yeah it was a lot of criteria for me i mean i think once i got up to like my top five i kind of had to decide okay like which movies were as as a film done the best you know conveyed their themes the best were just the most like gripping movies but for the most part it was just kind of whatever i preferred yeah to watch you know so all right we won't spend a ton of time on each one but here we go uh do you want me to go first yeah let's see what you got for (laughs) number 10 my number 10 is actually one that i uh hadn't watched until maybe like i think october or even november sometime i think it was october but uh it was talked about a lot at the beginning of the year when it came out on netflix and this is the platform
1: oh shit i still haven't seen that one
0: Yeah, it it took me a while. I was like interested in it, but I never really like got the, that itch to like watch it. And I finally watched it and I was really, uh, I was really surprised by it. It was actually quite good. So the basic story is these people wake up and find themselves in this kind of like futuristic sort of prison. And there are a lot of floors. There's like an indeterminate amount of floors. At least that's what you think. Uh, and each floor has this giant hole in the middle. And every day a platform comes down with food on it. And so obviously the people at the top floors are able to kind of eat first. And then the people below them basically have to leave. They basically have to eat their leftovers. So it's it's a really unique concept. Seems like a class issue type yeah, of movie. It definitely is. And I forget. I'm sorry. I forget which uh, country this one's from. I think it might be some kind of, it's not Indonesian, uh, Bosque. Okay. I think it's some kind of like Spanish type of film, but, uh, anyway, it definitely has a lot to do with class, class warfare, things like that. You know, what do people deserve the treatment in prisons and correctional facilities and things like that, but, uh, really unique concept. And they did some great things with it as far as like horror and thriller aspects go. So there was quite a lot of violence. Obviously people who find themselves on like the lower floors might resort to harming each other for food or whatever, you know? So I think it, uh, did that really well. There were some great scenes. The acting was very good. And mostly I just think they executed the concept like really well. So I still got to check that one out. It's pretty interesting, honestly. I think you'll find it more like fascinating than anything, but as like a Suspenseful movie. I think it did a great job. So, all right, what's uh, what's your number ten?
1: My number ten, we saw together, and it is starring Kristen Stewart. It is Underwater. All right. I th- I really liked it when we watched it. It was really enjoyable, and Kristen Stewart was great—not her usual self—and <laughs> yep. that kind of shocked me. But I had a feeling she wouldn't have that shit-eating look on her face like she always does. I like the monsters. Um, I thought it was like a bit Lovecraftian. At least Mm -hmm. that's what I, the vibe I got from it, and it had a lot of scenes that like gave me intense anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, like that T.J. Miller was in it. He was fucking hilarious. (laughs)
0: Gotta have some comic relief.
1: Yeah, and overall, like a really, really enjoyable movie with an ending that honestly we shouldn't have gone any other way. Like I was Mm -hmm. sad, kind of. I didn't expect to be sad considering, you know, but I don't know. I thought it was done really well and I kind of don't understand the hate this movie gets.
0: Yeah. It's not supposed to be like some crazy, serious, incredible horror movie. It This is a, like a popcorn blockbuster exactly. flick, through and through, you know, obviously it's not like jaws and I don't know if it's going to ever get to that level, but I think this one's going to be popular like some years down the line, you know? And, and I agree. I think it, doesn't deserve all the hate because it's it's an entertaining film. Like the scenes where they're all down in the on the ocean floor like in pitch black darkness. Like those are pretty damn good, you know. Yeah. Like really suspenseful, tense scenes. The monsters are cool. I didn't even mind really that the monsters are just all like CGI.
1: Yeah, I didn't care at all,
0: you know, because I, I I think I think they needed it to be considering the amount of them anyway, but um the actual horror scenes were were good too, you know. They're they're plenty suspenseful. Uh, there was even a uh, descent-like sort of reveal when they first show him with the camera. Like I thought that was great. Um, And obviously, the ending was probably like one of my favorite endings of the year.
1: Yeah, honestly. I, I think it was done well. And mm. I won't understand people that hate it just because of Kristen Stewart. It's the same people that hated Robert Pattinson for The Lighthouse.
0: Yeah, I don't get it. It's like you can't just judge them based on one movie or one you know franchise of movies like it's not really fair because they've grown a lot as actors they can obviously portray like a variety of different characters so yeah yeah so i, I liked it a lot too uh all right so that's uh your number 10 yes sir number nine now my number nine is the mortuary collection oh yeah there are um, some other films that i liked better obviously but I thought this one was really impressive, you know? Probably one of the better horror anthologies that I've seen recently. Because I can say at least, like, pretty much all of the stories were all at least pretty good. You know, some were certainly better than others. I think as the movie progressed, the, actual, the stories actually got better. Yeah, the first is two were...
1: The first one with the mirror was kind of weird. Mm. And then the one with the pregnancy was kind of... <laughs> but kind then nice. a, after that like i started enjoying it a lot more yeah
0: i mean not to say that they were like bad though because they were especially with the whole thing of like how to tell a story and like tropes and things exactly. like that woven yeah. into the the surrounding tale i think that was really clever so it made those stories make more sense you yeah know what i mean like some anthologies just have bad stories oh yeah and and you can easily pick those out and then you're like eh, i don't want to watch it because i don't want to watch those segments but this one I could definitely watch from beginning to end pretty much any time. Clancy Brown was a great, creepy, old mortician dude. Dude, they
1: should get him, like, if they ever do, like, a Phantasm absolutely. sequel, he should be the tall man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think we mentioned that in our last uh, episode, but, I mean, we should make, like, a fucking petition for him if they ever do a Phantasm Seriously? remake. He's the guy, man. Yeah, he pulls it off really well, so. um, And just the general sort of, like, you know, small, dreamy town kind of vibe to to everything to the world i think was really good and that sucked me in like right from the beginning so you know it's it's a movie that i didn't have to like stay on my phone for or anything it was just a it was a good uh horror anthology i agree yeah what's your number nine
1: my number nine is nobody sleeps in the woods tonight Mm -hmm. it's actually a polish film that i randomly found on netflix one day yeah, and yeah <laughs> and then uh i saw like a bunch of homages to like there was one one of the monsters looked like victor crowley and mm-hmm. i was kind of taken aback a little bit um it had a wrong turn kill where one of them split someone in half just yeah, like in, cool. just like in wrong turn and then they had the sleeping bag kill like in friday the 13th part seven Mm-hmm. and like in Jason X obviously when he was like redoing it in that little simulation so like I don't know I had to put this one in there cause I enjoyed it Um, I had all the tropes you know the final girl and all that stuff but the whole like meteorite thing and like them like living in like the basement and then like their mom feeding them like what people and yeah. like I don't know it got fucking wild and then once we learned the backstory I was like oh
0: fucking shit it, like, it's not too far fetched cause a lot of believe it or not people don't really talk about it but a lot of those 80s slashers had some like weird ass <laughs> concepts and like origin stories you know I
1: mean dude look at fucking like I don't know what's one 80s slasher like they can think of like fucking um Twisted Nightmare where the the slasher was a Native American shapeshifter like <laughs> yeah come on <laughs>
0: Yeah, just ridiculous stuff. So, I, I, I didn't mind that too much. I think it added a little bit of personality to the movie. Like, it, it felt kind of like its own thing. You know, even though it did have homages that you can kind of pick out, it still felt like its own movie. And, yeah, I thought the kills were good. The story was pretty typical, but it was fine. There was nothing, like, wrong with it. It was kind of your typical camp sort of movie, right? Got yeah. got horny kids and... <laughs> The only thing I wish it did was, like, because it made it out to be that the whole, like, phone thing was going to be this big emphasis, like, because the whole camp was like, you can't be on your phone, like, we're taking your phone from you. Yeah. And uh, it didn't really talk too much about, like, social media and stuff like that. It just kind of, like, left that in the dust. But other than that, yeah, I thought it was solid.
1: I enjoyed it a lot. Honestly, I would go back and watch it again. Like, yeah, definitely has rewatchability.
0: I agree with that for sure. So, all right, those are our number nine picks. Number eight, mine is uh, one that you said you still need to watch, and I do. Uh, I do suggest that you definitely check it out. This one is the Wolf of Snow Hollow.
1: I've heard so many things on like many horror
0: pages about it. It's pretty. It's pretty good. So the story is kind of like a cross between Fargo and Silver Bullet. Kind of. It takes place in like some snowy town. With like, uh, you know, really low population of people, uh, the whole like police force is kind of incompetent, and they're forced to try to figure out who's killing people. Basically, it's like young girls, and people keep saying that there is some kind of like wolf-like creature going around, you know, killing people. So, is it just killing girls? Yeah, it's just girls, I think. So, uh, it's it's definitely interesting. So, the main character uh, is this like really angry. Like raging alcoholic dude of course he's like trying to you know go through aa and stuff and he has like a daughter he's like a single dad uh but he does a great job fantastic job um this is the same guy jim cummings who did thunder road which i still haven't seen but was kind of like a big indie hit so he, he does a great job playing the main character um i think his emotional range is like pretty strong and the rest of the police force is like really incompetent and just stupid but funny. So this is kind of a horror comedy in in a lot of ways. Okay. Well, we have to have a incompetent police force. Look at Halloween 5, the two goofy cops. Yep. Yeah, it's very comparable. <laughs> they're they're pretty dumb, so uh I think there are a lot of pretty funny moments, but there's also this kind of like charm to it, you know, the small town snowy charm and uh the whole like murder mystery investigation is kind of like reminiscent of some of those older kind of detective flicks so it's got a lot of cool things going for it the horror aspects are also pretty good but it's not completely just about that this movie kind of transcends that almost and then you kind of find out why in uh in the big reveal at the end but i'm not going to spoil anything just check it out i think it's definitely kind of like a fresh movie really kind of weird at times just because of the characters but i think you dig it
1: I'll have to check that one out.
0: Yes. What is uh, your number eight movie? Oh,
1: God. My number eight (laughs) is none other than a Hubie Halloween. Okay. I did not understand the hate for this movie. (laughs) It was fucking hilarious. It was. It was super, like, Mm Halloween-themed. Like, everything screamed Halloween spirit. Mm -hmm. And it was in fucking Salem. Like, what else do you want? It was goofy... It was, like, very... Did not take itself seriously at all. And I heard it was, um... Adam Sandler's way of, like, being, like, fuck you to everyone because not a lot of people watched Uncut
0: Gems. Yeah, I don't know. People were saying that... Apparently, he said something about making, like, a terrible movie. I don't know if this was it. This was not it. Because, yeah, I thought it was great. I fucking loved it. It was so fucking goofy Mm -hmm. and so, like,
1: did not take itself seriously in, like, any sense yeah like and it just it just it radiated the halloween spirit like that's exactly like the type of movie you want to watch every year like yeah during halloween time and i'm definitely revisiting this one next halloween
0: yeah like we said on on the last episode you know this one will probably go down in the annals of like uh in the annals Uh of, of halloween movie history i think at least for a lot of people because it just it's fun it's very easy to watch there are a lot of great jokes not really a family movie but you know like it's just a fun one to kind of pop on like late at night it's fun as shit i don't understand the hate for it you get to see like the mom's t-shirts they're all fucking hilarious and then adam sandler is great i mean he's got his multi-purpose thermos which is awesome it's a great prop and yeah it's just a really fun movie so i agree with that completely all right so number seven Mine is uh, another recent Shudder original. This one is Anything for Jackson. Okay. I had this one actually ranked a bit higher, but then I kind of thought about it, and I was like, it was good, but I think I prefer these other movies. But uh, honestly, I was also pleasantly surprised by this one because I hadn't heard, like, anything about it until very recently when people started actually talking about it, and a lot of people were really into it, so I had to check it out. And uh, it's not... A totally atypical plot. Basically, it revolves around uh, this grandma and grandpa who kidnap a pregnant woman to try and sacrifice her in order to bring their dead grandson back. Yeah. So, like, a, was it, what are these, what are the A reverse exorcism, basically. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, maybe like no other movie has that exact same plot, but it, it's pretty standard fare among like all the supernatural movies that came out but i think there were um quite a few breaths of fresh air the plot itself doesn't like it's not too convoluted or anything you know um there aren't really any like big metaphors or any any type of shit like that it's it's very contained you know it takes place in like the house and maybe one or two other locations there aren't that many characters so it doesn't like stuff itself full of just these random themes and shit like that but
1: wasn't that creepy looking dude in it the one that plays the janitor on urban legends remember
0: i don't remember that guy but uh there are quite a few creepy dudes in it yeah <laughs> he
1: has like black hair a big nose
0: yeah that is him I he's think. from urban legends
1: so. he was a janitor
0: yeah yep i'm pretty sure that's the same guy yeah <laughs> so yeah he, he looked that old even in urban legends yeah, what oh, the fuck f- i don't know what happened
1: he hasn't aged a bit and i don't know if that's a good thing or a
0: bad thing maybe he's on that like walt disney cryogenic freeze treatment you know? Dude, it's like he's always been 46 <laughs> yeah older he looks like 70 something does he now okay i think so yeah anyway he's in it I, if, if we're talking about the same person he's one of the grandparents but uh yeah i think we are yeah he's like on the cover of it yeah yeah it's him okay so he did a great job honestly like all the principal cast members did a great job and the story was okay you know but really the the big thing about this movie is that i think it actually nailed like a lot of the horror aspects like really quite well because once they perform like the ritual they start seeing all these like ghosts and shit like that uh so if you saw that flossing lady in like the trailer or anywhere else that actually freaked me out there are a bunch of other like really good ghosts and they were all done up with practical effects and looked great um and a lot of them were actually pretty like unnerving and creepy so uh i think that movie nailed the atmosphere for sure i will say it kind of fell off a little bit toward the end because it introduced like another character and kind of like a subplot that became the main plot kind of thing and uh it wasn't like the best and the ending still left some stuff to be desired but in general i thought the movie was effective so uh that is my number seven what is yours
1: my number seven on another one we watched together and it is the wretched oh yeah nice i enjoyed the witch i enjoyed the twist at the end i like the pacing of this movie i like the feel of it i like the fact that like when the witch took over someone the person started acting fucking weird and then no one remembered any of their family members mm-hmm. and I don't know it just did a lot for me like I like that movie kind of like stuck with me and I don't even know if it's on Hulu anymore
0: I think it went to Prime. it's on one of those two I'm pretty sure it's still on Hulu but yeah it's out there
1: I just enjoyed that one a lot it was super creepy yeah. I like the witch um, I thought it was weird that the way it ended Um, with the whole the tree yeah dead, and it was kind of like it was also like ambiguous but it kind of hinted at the end yeah Just, like, the thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. (laughs) I wish we'd
0: kind of stop doing that, but... Yeah. 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 I I agree, though. I thought it was a lot of fun, actually. Um, Some of the earlier scenes with, like, those kind of wonky attempts at character development, I don't know if those were, like, super necessary. Yeah, I don't know. But... In general, I thought it was actually solid. It was kind of a. My dad owns the booty <laughs> company. Yeah. Oh, congrats. <laughs> it's just like a lame. It's like, it's like my attempts at picking up chicks in like middle school. Oh my God. It was like not great. But anyway, thankfully, I'm a lot better now. But <laughs> some of those story elements were like not that interesting. But I think in general, the whole like Fright Night meets witches type of uh, thing to the story was actually pretty cool. And I like the way that he was, like, you know, spying on them. And then, like, the witch monster came out and s- started doing all that shit, so.
1: I thought it was pretty cool, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: if we had more movies like that, I'd be happy. Yeah, it didn't take itself very seriously at all. It had a good vibe to it, you know. And the creature was, like, pretty creepy. That that movie had some of the better, I think, cinematography concerning, like, the monster. Yeah, I agree. Even that first, uh, that one where you just see, like, the silhouette as she's like on the railing or whatever. Yeah, that's cool. That that's that's what I remember like the most mm-hmm. from that movie. Same. So yeah, I dug that one. I think that's a good pick for sure. All right, number six. Mine is uh, another Netflix movie. This one came out also, I think, pretty recently, a couple months ago, and uh, got quite a bit of buzz. And it is his house. Okay, mine's
1: is that one too. So we can oh, both okay. talk about okay, it. Cool. Yeah. What did? Probably the most atmospheric movie,
0: mm-hmm. second
1: most atmospheric, weird, avant-garde movie on
0: our lists. Yeah. Um, this one had a lot of kind of more experimental type yes. of set pieces to it, like all the stuff where they're in their broken up little part of the kitchen in all that ocean or whatever, you know, kind of representative of their journey yeah. across to America. Or not to America, to the u k <laughs> to the u k uh living in America, so anyway, yeah, to the u k um where they lose their their daughter at the beginning of the movie you learned, or so you think or so you think um I, yeah, and there are like a bunch of other scenes as well, like where he's kind of like hallucinating or whatever. I think that was like really well spliced within like that experimental stuff, and then the real stuff that was happening alongside more supernatural like haunting type of stuff you know um i thought they they pulled that off really well i uh honestly my
1: favorite fucking my favorite fucking part of this movie is definitely like how experimental it is i like the like thing when like she's all of a sudden back in africa Mm -hmm. and then she's not and then then we see the monster and they attack the monster And then like the whole thing with like the fucking the dudes from like that embassy whatever continuously like visiting them and they're putting holes in the wall and they're like he was chasing a rat when reality Mm -hmm. he was like chasing his quote unquote like daughter Mm -hmm. and even like the creepiness of it oh there's a witch doctor after him it followed him all the way here and you're wondering if this is all in his head or if this is all legit and still kind of you don't really know by the end of the movie if it was all like an allegory for like his guilt Mm -hmm. or if there was really like a witch doctor and like, like if, if that ending sequence, the climax actually like happened that way or if like it had something to do with like the guilt that like both of them felt for like kind of like cheating their way into coming to like the UK.
0: Yeah. I think uh, on that topic, I think that this movie actually really nailed It's it's themes and which is really important for a movie. You know, this movie talked a lot about refugees uh, and and their livelihood and how people perceive them coming to another country. You know, yeah, because you saw how she was treated by like
1: because she was black and then she Mm -hmm. tried to ask these other black people like for help and they started like making fun of her and like go back to Africa, man. Like it's like, dude, like chill out. Yeah, it's
0: kind of crazy. So, uh, you know, I'm not totally. (laughs) experienced with that but i i imagine that it's pretty indicative of kind of what happens in real life and then of course they kind of showed them like the tribe Mm -hmm. that they came from and stuff and how they were communicating with them about their daughter and about all this other kind of stuff so um just like that aspect and how they infuse the african lore yeah, and, and that culture into the movie I think all of that mixed together was really good and I think the
1: fact that like just the way this movie was unraveling mm-hmm. you really wanted to find out what the fuck was going on but it wasn't like bad storytelling or like mm-hmm. or bad pacing like the stuff that they would unravel would purposely make you be like dude I, I really can't wait to figure out what the fuck is going on because like it's getting crazy there's like things in the walls mm-hmm. they're whispering he's breaking it trying to like get to something like I don't know like it was just I really like literally halfway through the movie I'm like please I really want to figure out what the fuck is going on Mm -hmm. like and it wasn't like bad it wasn't like what the fuck's going on this movie's so dumb it was like dude like this is fucking creepy I want to figure out like what's so bad that they did that there's this like fucking witch doctor like that's like after them like if there really is or if it's just a representation of his guilt Mm -hmm. or like I really like the part where like that you were talking about earlier like the witch doctor was like talking to him and like he had his eyes closed and then they flashed back to like africa yeah like on the water and like he was like telling, you can't hurt me this and that and i don't know i think the whole movie just freaked me the fuck out in such a good way and i was so pleasantly surprised like mm-hmm. i randomly just found that on netflix like. Yeah. In, I saw one person talking about it. They're like, has anyone seen his house on Netflix? It was pretty fucking
0: good. And I was like, all right, fuck it, let's check it out. And I
1: checked it out, and it, it checked out. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. a few people uh, talked about it at first, so I, I decided to watch it. And then, and then it kind of blew up on social media like a few days after yeah. it came out. And for good reason, I think. I think they gave you just enough kind of creepy stuff, just enough story hints to keep you invested. And then the actual development... Of the plot the progression was was really well done so i think this one was a, a definitely a sleeper hit this year for sure hell yeah and i think it deserves our sixth spot on our list i love how it came out of the blue though it like, did yeah. and everyone was just like yo i kind of heard about it at first because when i was sort of looking up like festival hits and things like that that were coming out you know like widely this one was kind of up there like one of the horror movies to watch but uh it didn't get nearly all this like praise and stuff you know yeah. but, but it's it's definitely a good one so all right now we're on to our top five here we go here we go so mine is uh one that you actually mentioned before was in your honorable mentions but i liked it quite a bit more i don't know why this one really kind of stuck with me is it relic it, it is relic yeah i don't know i liked it uh quite a bit i think the first like half or so was admittedly a bit weaker but I still really enjoyed the atmosphere of the movie. I think it had a lot of uh, creepy things going on. And then toward the end, I actually really loved The ending was really good. I, I really loved that whole last sequence because it made me feel like claustrophobic and it gave me like a shit ton of anxiety. And yeah, I don't know. It just it just really worked for me. I think it's kind of portrayal of uh, dementia was it, it wasn't super in your face. It was there, but it wasn't uh like just pounding you with stuff about like dementia and remembering and like old people <laughs> and stuff like that you know i don't think it was necessarily 100 percent about dementia no, 100%. I, I think it was
1: mainly about just getting old and like yeah. like you saw how her mom like got the thing and like the end she's like what's that or whatever the fuck yeah and like i think it, that was like their way of saying like this type of thing is gonna happen to everybody and that's like the first sign of getting old, like in, at least in this movie, like that was like supposed to be like, Hey, this is when you first know you're getting old. Like that little thing that she had was like in real life, the ver- in real life would be my fucking back hurts all the time. You know, that's the first yeah. sign of getting old. And like, it's going to like fucking happen. Oh, to, God, like, I'm old now then. Yeah. My back's been hurting since I was like 15. Yeah. I used to carry like eight textbooks. Fucking. Jeez. But yeah, I don't know. I really like, I really like the ending sequence. It just didn't like really st- stick with me like so much
0: i hear you yeah i think it was different for me in that aspect because i watched it through i really dug it and uh i think everyone acting in it was was great and i just liked the way everything unfolded you know there's a lot of stuff about Perry like scared the shit out of me like, yeah, she did yeah like when she was just in the wall staring at stuff. her daughter though like yeah definitely this one was way more like just kind of this unsettling kind of dread to it than yeah. anything else but i still think it 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 was super palpable. I think it just really uh knocked that part out of the out of the park. So yeah. Relic is my uh number five. What is yours, Sam?
1: Well this one, uh we talked about it quite a bit recently and I was putting it off, but it definitely got my top five spot. Didn't get to number one because there are I'm not gonna lie, a few movies that I did like more than it and it is Possessor. Okay. I really enjoyed Possessor. I did not know what to expect. I go in and then some guy's just getting stabbed and then someone takes off a helmet and then it just starts going into like the whole like, why didn't you just use your gun? And like, yeah. And then like the assassinations and everything. And like, I don't know. It was a wild ride. It had a lot of experimental moments. Like the whole like, the two psyches coming together. Mm. And then like, him taking off the face and putting it on and, like, that was, like, a representation of, like, him, like, getting into her psyche and finding stuff out about her. And we see that when he, what he does, what he does at the ending and where he goes. Mm-hmm. And, like, then the twist is actually, like, fucking crazy because after the, I don't want to spoil it, the bang, bang, and then <laughs> we figure out who really got, like, the whole, like, pull me out
0: at the end. I was, like, mm-hmm
1: what the fuck
0: yeah that whole movie was literally just like one big head trip <laughs> like for i real. felt like i was it was so like surreal yeah
1: like, i like surreal horror like boskin gave me the same feelings um beyond the black rainbow gave me really similar feelings mm-hmm. i can't think of too many movies that gave me that like really like surreal feeling yeah
0: yeah, this one uh, did it really well, especially in those scenes where they're kind of fighting over each other's, you know, occupation in in the mind of the guy that she's, like, taking over. Yeah. That whole, like, you know, identity clash, like, the clash of the id, all that type of stuff. And then the way, like, the screen was flashing, the whole visual representation of that yeah. was super good. It was like I was... I was literally sitting there like this. <laughs> just taking LSD for... I was literally just sitting there going... Yeah.
1: Damn.
0: Just take like, a whole sheet... <laughs> of lsd like that's There's how another felt. movie that made me feel like that so yeah oh, so, like on your list yeah and i can't mention okay it. i don't mention it yet but uh, i'm pretty sure i have a good idea of what it is but you already know. i yeah i uh i agree i think possessor was great and i'll probably be talking about it a little bit more later on but just uh i don't know everything about it was super original for me i thought it was great yeah it was it was awesome even just the subtle kind of like uh conversations and kind of even in the background sort of of just like the whole corporate slavery type of thing how corporations use us and how we like detach ourselves from everything else just to feed like the fucking corporate machine like it was part of the story but it wasn't just like straight up uh you know right there and i think they explored that really well and in general it was just super like visceral and and bloody and all the effects were fantastic so, Brandon Cronenberg is definitely following in his father's footsteps, like, really well. Oh, yeah. Hell and, yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see more from him, so. I can't wait. It's probably going to be bonkers. Oh, yeah. All right. Top four now. My number four, uh, you also mentioned this one before, but I don't know why, I I just really love this movie, and I love Kristen Stewart in this movie. Okay. So, my number four is, is Underwater. R- completely reasonable. Like, yeah. I understand.
1: Like, we both had... Really good things to say about it when once we got out of the theater, mm-hmm. And once
0: we saw that fucking hoopla about it online, <laughs> I was like, I don't understand the hate. I don't get it. It's just literally people upset about Twilight, and it's like, dude, I didn't really like Twilight either, but I'm not gonna hate this movie, or I'm not gonna hate Kristen Stewart because of that. Like, you would have probably also taken that role. Let's be honest. If you were like dude, nineteen yeah. or whatever, all these and you fucking were like paid all that. Especially you're getting paid all that because there's so many yeah.
1: people so many teenagers that were in love with the fucking books, all these teenage girls that are going to be throwing their money at you. Yeah. So like, why not, why not do it? Like
0: I would have gladly been fucking Edward. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's just that edgy online response, you know, but definitely this movie as an extension of that does not deserve it at all because this is probably this. I think this is ranked so high for me because this is probably the, the one horror movie that I had like the most fun with this year, you know, and, and that means a lot to me. So, that's why that's why it's my number four, and I don't really have too much else to say about it other than what we've already said. I just mm-hmm. uh, I liked the story; it was fast-paced, you know, it was action-packed. There were some great uh, scary scenes with the monsters and whatnot. So, and I don't know. I'm also just like a sucker for <laughs> underwater horror yeah. in general. You know, especially like the deep ocean stuff.
1: Because so we can all so. just like basically guess what's down there, but mm-hmm. they've never even explored everything underwater Uh, not most of it yeah Yeah, so So, we have no fucking idea what's down there could be
0: cthulhu who knows (laughs) who knows (laughs) so uh let's get into uh your number four my number four is
1: the invisible man
0: okay nice
1: i fucking love this movie is another one of those movies i don't understand why people didn't like it like there's so
0: many people online the movie sucked did we watch the same movie yeah, it did not suck at all. I mean, I know a lot of people are gonna like knee jerk reaction, this movie was trash, remake. And, and you know, just shit on it because it's a it's a reboot, but for for one thing, yes it is, but it's not even really comparable at all. Yeah, it's to a the co- original movie. Complete reimagining. Yeah. Not even the same story.
1: It wasn't like some fucking scientist who just tried to go invisible for the fuck of it and then like started like killing people. Mm-hmm. This is completely different. Remember, do you remember when we first heard about this being made? I was Mm. like, what if she thinks that like it's a ghost? Yeah. At first and then like that didn't happen and I was kind of (laughs) disappointed. But I did call it. I was like, what if he tries to make her think she's going crazy, like moving stuff and doing certain things. But he did make her go crazy, but in like different ways, like spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, don't listen to this part killing her fucking sister right in front of her in <laughs> yeah. such a public place. like That was crazy. And then the fucking suit. And then the fact that there were two of them. And then mm-hmm. the ending was... I did not expect that. I did not expect what happened, but I'm glad it happened the way it happened.
0: Same. Yeah, this movie took quite a few different directions than I was expecting it to, which I think is why I, I really enjoyed it as well. Um, Elizabeth Moss was fantastic. The way that she portrayed like that, you know, domestic abuse survivor, the trauma was excellent. And she still was, you know, brave enough to go up against him. And um, I, I thought that was all done really, really well. I know we don't have to talk about the plot, but I mean, even just the way that they addressed the themes, I think was done really well. The uh, the effects from the Invisible Man were awesome. You know, they looked really good. They looked better than Hollow Man. Okay, so if you want going to compare 000%. it, don't even, don't compare, even compare it. it. Because they looked way better. And just the general atmosphere of this movie was was really, really good. Even had some of the best jump scares, which I was not expecting the at all. The
1: fucking attic one? Yeah. When she threw the fucking...
0: Yeah. I, I wasn't even expecting this Dude, movie to have good jump you scares. You remember, we there. fucking leaped at that part. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it's been a while since I've done that at a movie theater, but this movie did it for me. So, I mean, you have to put it up there. Yeah. It's definitely top five for yeah. me. What's your number four? All right. Number three now. Number three, sorry. I number thought. three now is uh, where I was actually going with my original train of thought before, but uh, my number three is Color Out of Space. I knew it. So, uh, I mean, my top three was tough. I could honestly put any one of these movies at number yeah, one. Yeah, same, honestly. So, Which I think is usually how it kind of goes, but I loved Color Out of Space. Nicolas Cage is fucking crazy, and I love that guy. And
1: he has another movie coming out in which... has no dialogue oh really it's kind of like five nights
0: at freddy's oh are you talking about that doll one or he fights the dolls yeah he has no dialogue in that one no dialogue what the fuck that's weird (laughs) okay i mean hey i'm here for it even his face alone like talks you know what i mean always he's very expressive nicholas cage what do you expect yeah the guy stole the Declaration of independence so he can do anything but he was fantastic uh damn this movie is just so good
1: dude i remember i remember the night we saw it. I was yeah. drinking my fucking cherry slushy, <laughs> Just sitting there. I was like fucking high as balls wondering mm. like I wonder where this is going to go. <laughs> that was great. And the whole time I was sitting there like as soon as the crazy shit started going down. I was like, yeah, holy shit. It was really only thing that can compare it to possessor in terms of like weird sh- Like,
0: yeah, like
1: ethereal as I want to say, like really experimental ethereal super out there surreal atmospheric this had everything
0: it really did yeah Uh, everything from the fucking llamas or was (laughs) it no alpacas (laughs) Alpacas. sorry um to to the mom and basically like once the movie hit a certain point it just went from like zero to a hundred and it went even past that somehow it was just super intense the the color was great i thought visually it was just fantastic um And like super trippy and cosmic, you know, um, kind of like, kind of like the beach house. I thought this movie did a great job of representing that sort of, co- you know, cosmic Lovecraftian type of style. And honestly, everyone else was really good at it too. I just, I don't know something about this movie just kind of captured my attention and just really did it for me. Honestly, we're going to add more a little bit later. Oh, okay. <laughs> What's your uh, number three, Sam? My number
1: three... You've already mentioned it, and I enjoyed it, like, much more than the other movies, and it is Mortuary Collection. Nice. Uh, I really like that it was an anthology. I r- really enjoyed the way it played out, and I love the fact that it did not take itself too seriously. Mm-hmm. That was the big thing with me, like, had a lot of, like, really kind of, like, off-the-rails fucking stories, like the fucking sick wife and then the fucking babysitter and all that stuff and the pregnancy stuff. But like the whole time there was like at least something like really goofy, lighthearted going on. Like, Mm -hmm. So like the fact that it was a good horror anthology and the fact that all the stories tied in together at the end and then the creepy dude offered us an explanation and then fucking spoiler alert walked out, was able to leave and then burst into flames and then someone else took his place That was actually a part of these stories, but not one of the stories, like, in the library. Mm -hmm. But as it turns out, like, she had her own stories, a few of them, in the library already. A lot of the stories were already about her. And she told hers, and then she kind of fucked herself.
0: Yeah, it was like what Vivarium did, except way better. Because it actually led up to that point throughout the movie, unlike Vivarium. Uh, Yeah, I agree. I thought... It was just done super well. The whole... Especially the framing story. Like, usually the framing story is mildly interesting, but not really, like, anything super noteworthy. Like, even Scare Package. I thought there were some funny parts in that, like, with the video store and stuff. But oh, yeah, for sure. It wasn't, like, incredible or anything. But I thought the Mortuary Collection actually had a really good one, especially with, with those two. That was actually probably the thing I was looking forward to more than even the stories themselves. So not a lot of anthologies you can say that about so yeah i i really dug it all right so that was our number three movie my number two is one you just talked about uh and it is the invisible man okay yeah i know you're probably wondering which one which one was it gonna be um but i i still really really like the invisible man i loved it i watched it recently i actually watched it like right before halloween yeah i have to re-watch it actually like i i Actually, I think I have the digital version, but I, I do want to rewatch it. I, I just think it's super effective. Like they they successfully took an older concept, brought it into the modern day, added like a whole bunch of stuff onto it, especially with the sci-fi, uh, you know, elements as well. I thought it wasn't what I was expecting, but it was super welcome because it makes perfect sense for like the day and age that we're in even uh even child's play did it you know exactly and even though people were pissed off about it it made sense and i think that it worked in both movies because we're Invisible man especially
1: because we're going from like in terms of child's play at least we're going from like spiritual mumbo jumbo to like things that are objectively a threat like fucking ai and technology like people can argue with me whatever well demons are a threat too there's literally no proof that they're fucking real or any of that We know technology is real. We know what technology in the
0: wrong hands can do. Yep. And, you know, there is, like, an overabundance of supernatural movies, like we talked about earlier. So I think it's totally fine to kind of flip the script, make it a different concept, a unique concept. I mean, you can argue that this one was not the most original. But for, for The Invisible Man, I think it really still worked. And the way that they portrayed, like, that domestic trauma... Was definitely way different than all those other <laughs> Invisible Man type movies, and uh, I think it, I think it tied everything in together like really, really well.
1: Yeah, this was one of my, out of like my all my top five movies, I gave
0: five stars
1: to. So
0: this is definitely one of the five star movies. Yeah, just really good it scares. It's got great score, great cinematography, great, great acting, great <laughs> twist, great twist. Yeah, there's just little I can say about it. And I really liked, you know, I guess spoiler alert, but I really liked that they didn't show uh, the guy, like, all that much, you know, like, in person. Yeah. I thought that was, like, a really, really good idea. So uh, that's that's my number two. I just think it's one of the better movies. And it is a remake. So if you're against it or if you haven't seen it yet because you're like, ah, it's a remake. It's probably not going to be very good. I definitely suggest you check it out because it's not at all what you're thinking. And I think it's gonna surprise you. It was the Doctor Sleep of this year. Yeah, because Doctor Sleep really surprised me too. I fucking love that movie. I gotta rewatch it soon. Same. Yeah. Just, you know, taking what The Shining did and capitalizing on it. And this movie took what the original man did, added a whole bunch more stuff to it, and it was really successful. So uh what is your number two?
1: You mentioned my number two, you didn't like it. Um I think it was in your top fifteen. Okay. And this was one of the ones where like now time to flip the script. It's one of the your lower-ranked movies that I really enjoyed, and that was Shudder's Host. Yeah, okay. That movie was like to me, like that was like that it, if a paranormal movie is executed like that with those kind of scares and like that type of pacing and those type of jump scares and that type of like atmosphere and dread, I think it's fine and I think it's good just don't be cookie cutter. It was nothing like unfriended. It was mm-hmm. nothing like insidious or paranormal activity. It was just like, Hey, let's do this seance. Ha ha ha. And the fact that props for them for like making it seem like it was real. Cause like everyone's quarantined mm-hmm. and no one's like fucking like hanging out. Even when like the two friends saw each other in real life, they like elbow touched, you know, Yeah. that's a little extreme. Relax. You're already in the same room. Six feet. Doesn't matter if I sneeze, my fucking sneeze particles travel forty feet, not six feet. That's, yeah, you you don't believe me? Buy a vape, blow out the vape smoke, see how far it travels. Mm. That's exactly how far your fucking spit will travel, if you're not wearing a mask. If you're not wearing a mask, yeah. but I always do. I don't give a fuck if it like. Oh, it's kind of hard to breathe for the thirty minutes that I'm at Meijer. I don't give a fuck as long as I'm not gonna. Even if people, even if it does, like, mildly affect me, like, if I get the COVID, even if it's, like, just a mild, like, oh, I got a sore throat and a fever, like, I don't want to have a sore throat and a fever, okay? Yeah, I
0: know. And I don't want to, like, put somebody on a breathing
1: tube either. Yeah, dude, imagine if I, like, if I do have the COVID and I never show symptoms because Uh my body just doesn't react to it, and, like, I'm not wearing a mask and I fucking... A fucking snort or something, like that. yeah. Like near an old guy, and then he fucking dies a day later, like, cause he has crazy Jeez. fucking symptoms. It's just yeah. not worth it, yo. Not to yeah. me. I'm sorry.
0: No, I get it, but you know, I did like that they uh, didn't prioritize that angle too much in the movie. Yeah, as well, I thought that was really clever because it was mainly just like a catalyst for the story of the exactly. movie to happen. Hey, we can't hang out, so yep. let's do a Zoom meeting with a psychic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then everything just kind of unfolds, and I think this movie, I don't know if it's just the whole, like, conference call type of style, but maybe it is, I don't know, just I think this movie had some really good tension. Like, I think Like, you so just too. had to be there, like, holy shit, what's gonna fucking happen I don't, I don't know why I loved it so much, mm-hmm. and, like, after I watched it, I told my girl, I was like,
1: hey, um, for movie night, we gotta watch Host. She's like, what is it? And I'm like, well, people are Zoom meeting because they can't hang out, and then they do a ritual- goes crazy and she's like okay sounds good and like we watched it together and the whole time like she was like silent and at the fucking scary part she's like fuck and then afterwards she's like i can't fucking sleep that movie creeped me the fuck out and it creeped me out too that was like the first time i sincerely felt scared after Mm -hmm. watching a paranormal movie in a long time
0: yeah i agree with that i mean i think the only reason it wasn't in my top 10 was just because i thought the other movies were just in general done a bit better but considering the likely super low budget that this movie had the very kind of minimal you know production design it was just them on their cameras and stuff and mainly just a lot of editing it was it was really really good man you know i enjoyed the fuck out of it i'll watch it again honestly oh yeah oh that's a super rewatchable movie i would rewatch that over like unfriended or any of those yeah and i could watch that one multiple times like i don't give a shit yeah so that was our uh, top two now our number one i think we both have a pretty good idea of what our number ones are but should i say them sure you can say them. yours is possessor and mine's is color
1: out of space yep <laughs> yeah so i mean dude i forgot color out of space was 2020 yeah i know as soon as i saw insane. that i was like dude that was like my favorite fucking movie that i like fucking yeah. watched this year period like i don't think anything's gonna beat it for me like the whole ethereal feel of it cosmic dread Mm -hmm. existential dread the fact that we don't know what this alien is did have anything to do with the ritual that the girl did with her necronomicon Mm -hmm. the colors the aesthetic the craziness like this movie had it all for me like i mean it it might not be like classic horror it has
0: that like from beyond Mm -hmm. feel to it but to a fucking crazy extent even even then though I, I feel like the horror stuff in this movie was, like, way above a lot of other movies that came out, even just this year.
1: Yeah, dude, I mean, it more than the fucking Dark and the Wicked, for oh, sure. Because yeah. that one was just, like, hallucinations, the devil's coming, yeah. fake priest, and then, oh, killer in the woods, oh, there's a guy living, there's a monster living in the castle, oh, an imaginary friend, yeah. oh, uh, we're on this island... <laughs> it's
0: there's fantasies like every opportunity to shit on that movie but no i agree i mean all that stuff was like okay it's cool even like the dark and the wicked i saw the uh mom or whoever it was floating out there i was like oh that's creepy i'd be freaked the fuck out if i saw that in real life but in like multiple parts of colorado space like my fucking skin was tingling yeah i was like holy shit dude we were i'm pretty sure we were both fucking
1: stony baloney (laughs) i was sitting there fucking
0: just like yeah, higher than out. giraffe pussy and just
1: <laughs> fucking s- drinking my fucking cherry slurpee. And like when all that creepy, like like cosmic shit started happening and like mm-hmm. the colors and everything. And then Nicolas Cage also going bonkers and funking yonkers. Like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Everything was like perfect in that movie. Like this one, I was surprised it didn't get more hate. Like some people were like, I didn't like it. Like, no one was like, fuck this movie, yeah. like
0: like they did with Hereditary. <laughs> no one's like, trash. No, I think this movie was great, dude. I mean, it really nailed all of those sci-fi horror aspects. You know, it made you think about more than just what you saw on the screen, what was grounded, right? Because it presented this otherworldly type of uh, element to it, which was awesome. And then even just, like, I think a lot of it, too, was just that sort of droning kind of, like... I don't even know how to describe it, but you know, that sound that, yeah, you know, or I can't really redo it, but it's a really fucking weird frequency. Yeah. And that lasted throughout like the whole movie, especially in those like nature shots, those really contemplative, like widescreen, uh, shots of like the. The, the forest and all of that. I was like, just literally imagining that part. Even just the just the be- it started from the beginning. Yeah. You know, and it, it had did. that crazy score and I was like I was already sucked in. I was like, okay. I knew it was I'm gonna be the good. And the
1: fact that it was a limited release too. Yeah. I'm glad we like you found that fucking theater. I <laughs> yeah, didn't know I it would be it. so close to home.
0: Saw it in that dinky little independent theater. But it was great. I feel like that's the place you should be at to watch that movie. I think so. And I, I wish I was there for Possessor too. I think that would have been amazing. But I saw it at home, but it didn't really it didn't really limit my enjoyment of that movie. No, too no. much. It's just that, you know, we're nerds, so we love that theater experience. Yeah, true. But uh anything else you wanna say about uh Colorado Space. I don't know, man. Watch it if you haven't mm-hmm. get stoned <laughs> and
1: make like eat an edible so you're stoned throughout the whole thing so you can have a nice little trip because just like Possessor, you'll feel like you're tripping balls watching mm-hmm, this.
0: Yeah. It's 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 really out there. Possessor I would say a lot less so but I think this movie was the number 1 for me just because I thought out of everything even though Color out of Space was great I think executed very well I think that Possessor for me was just the one movie not only was it super original but like the one movie I think for me where like the the concept the premise was just executed like fully like 100% of Brandon kronberg's vision and it just felt like the most realized movie to me personally, you know? And even, I think one thing that did it too for me was, like, at the end, I was like, oh, wow, that was a great movie. But then, like, after that, I, I liked it even more, like, as I thought about it, like, days after. Yeah. I was just like, damn, that was a great fucking I
1: mean, movie. it sticks with you. I still think think about, like, a lot of the scenes from it. Mm-hmm. Like, the beginning scene with the fucking Stabbity Stab, the scene in the fucking with the fucking was it the fire poker yeah and then the fucking shooting the ending scene with like the fucking meat cleaver
0: yeah it's it's that's the thing it's not like your conventional horror movie but it has so many great scenes where it's either like really gruesome or just really visceral or like we talked about um before those kind of intermediary scenes where they're like fighting each other their psyches are going at it together and you know, like all those colors are flashing across the screen and stuff. And then he's like, they're just slowly losing both of their minds as the movie goes on. So it's not super conventional, but it's not the most like over the top, you know, super experimental like message or anything that you just can't like completely understand. I think you can easily grasp like what the movie is about and you can pretty much get what, where the story is going and everything too. But as the story is going on, you're just like continuously shocked and and also really engaged with like what's going on. Like you want to know where this is going, if he's going to complete or if she's going to complete the mission, and you know what's going to happen at the end. And then the end basically catches you totally off guard as well. I didn't expect it. No, not just like, you know the. Yeah. But then the, and then the um, yeah <laughs> pull me out. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was it was a wild ride, but I loved it. I thought everything was executed brilliantly. The acting was great, and uh, I think this is really just like a director's dream. I think he did a fantastic job, and like I said, one of the most unique movies I've seen this year too. So
1: definitely that and Color Out of Space, like yeah.
0: dreamy fucking movies. Yeah. So I mean, even just from those two, you can kind of see where I was I was going with the you know about the sci-fi horror. Really, kind of taking over this year, and I, I think it's going to stay that way. I think if we get some more, I think it should great I, original concepts. Let's it'll get be, some more Lovecraftian awesome. shit going now. Come on, yeah. So, did you see the the end of Castle Freak? I think it was actually like post credits, maybe, but there was a special little scene at the end where they hinted at uh, another character might that might be returning. It's, just check it out again; you'll see what I mean. But uh, maybe a little Herbert West reanimator. Oh. You didn't see that at the end of Castle Freak? No. All right. If you you watch the new Castle Freak, toward the end, it might be after credits or I'm not sure, but there's this little kind of Easter egg scene with with Herbert West. Is there? Yep. Okay. I didn't stick around after the credits. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's very, very brief, but it shows like the green vial and basically it's, I think it's hinting at, you know, like a Castle Freak or not Castle Freak, but at a reanimator reboot which would be sick if it's done anything if it's done anything like color of space that would be fantastic that would be amazing yeah so um i think i think sci-fi horror is going in a great direction like my top three was all sci-fi horror so even though i'm kind of biased toward that anyway because i really like sci-fi horror um, I just think it was great this year. My my last two top ten lists did not have a sci fi horror film as in the top. I don't think I did either. I did think. I? I had Doctor
1: Sleep, which was like supernatural. Mm-hmm. What did I have last year? Scary stories. I gotta like go back and fucking yeah.
0: Mine were uh, Midsummer and then The Lighthouse. Oh, I had The Lighthouse, Midsummer. Do- I think Doctor Sleep was my number one though.
1: Yeah. Was that what was your number one?
0: My number one last year was Midsummer okay and then the year before that it was summer of 84 which was both of our top ones and then my next one was hereditary so yeah but i think it's going in a great direction i'm very excited to see more of it i don't know if the trends are going to change too too much i think we're still going to see a lot of diversity in horror i think we're going to see a bunch more uh sci-fi horror and a lot more stuff like the rental and things like that those let's kind get, of
1: let's get more lovecraft and poe up in this bitch yeah and why not Dean Koontz? People for People <laughs> okay. sleep on Dean Koontz just because of Stephen King. I don't remember when the last Dean Koontz movie adaptation
0: was. Yeah, I sure. mean,
1: there was one recently, but it wasn't like horror. Well, what was it? Do you I, know? I forgot. I I saw, I saw um, I saw someone post about it. It was a adaptation of one of
0: his novels. Oh, okay. Something with a security guard or something. Uh, I'm not sure yeah i'd I'd love to see more stuff like that too you know people are trying to do more joe hill stuff as well oh god you know what's coming next year too i forgot Hmm. fucking exorcist remake oh yeah i don't know like almost anything about that one and i'm gonna watch it obviously but i don't know if i'm like that excited about it it has the potential of course to be really good they have to make it they have to make it an extremely like they just can't hold anything back. They can't. Because, uh, like,
1: dude, in the original, she literally fucked herself till she was <laughs> bleeding with the fucking crucifix, yeah. like saying, Let Jesus fuck you. Like they made her mom lick the blood off her fucking pussy. Like yeah.
0: can we like Let's go back to that. Can we not make it <laughs> blumhousey? Yeah, no, I would hate that, honestly. I mean, it doesn't have to be like super forced Oh my god, like, I just edgy shit, but what? You know who would be great for an exorcist remake?
1: Who? Sam fucking Raimi oh yeah can you imagine that that would be insane it would be fucking balls to the fucking wall
0: as long as it wasn't like super humorous but you yeah, like could drag- totally pull off the like crazy as long
1: as it's not like drag me to hell type of yeah no. it has to be like very i think for an exorcist remake i want it to be like a brooding horror movie
0: you know could do it really well is mike flanagan mike flanagan for sure yeah a thousand percent just don't let Blumhouse near it. <laughs> no, I, I agree with that. I mean, you know, they have some cool stuff, but it's just so much like, like mainstream. Mike Flanagan crap, or you know? Ghost House Pictures, you know? Yeah. I can agree with that, absolutely.
1: You can't have James Wan fucking doing anything to it. Nah. Mm. Or...
0: <laughs> Even the guy who did like Sinister would be amazing for I think. For so. it, I think so. uh, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff to look forward to in 2021, but this is going to do it for this episode, guys. Let us know what you thought about our top 10 lists, of course. I'm sure yours are probably a lot different, but, uh... Hey, you know, don't come at us with, like, some stupid shit like, that movie was dumb. I totally encourage you guys to talk about your lists and talk about what you think about our list. But just, you know, like, come correct. You know, we want to have, like, a meaningful discussion. And it doesn't really do anything for the horror genre if you're just, like, shitting on movies for, like, no reason with, like, no yeah. thought put behind it. So, uh, but we do want to know what your top 10 lists are. So, you know, email us, go to our website, gravediscussions.net, where you can uh, contact us. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course on sportsradiodetroit.com where we have our whole backlog of episodes.
1: Yes. And although it has kind of been sort of a lackluster year in terms of mainstream horror, as long as you know where to look, whether it be Amazon Prime to be shutter mm-hmm. hulu um there's also a subscription you can get on amazon prime you can buy it with your fire stick it's called monsters and nightmares okay. you'll get quite a few extra horror movies that you would normally have to rent um it's only three dollars extra um a, a month yeah. like if you're an adult you should definitely be able to afford $3. Check it out. Try Monsters and Nightmares. Even you could try that AMC Plus thingy. I think it comes with Shudder.
0: I didn't know about it, so I'll probably check it yeah, out. Yeah, check it out for mm-hmm. sure.
1: And please continue supporting indie films. Um please don't like don't use like Google. Like to like Google like full movies. Yeah. I mean They'll sell not. the high seas. Yeah, like if you're gonna watch something like Summer of 84, like Possessor, like fucking even like Color Out of Space. Support the cause if you love horror. Buy the movie, Mm -hmm. even just buy the digital one, rent it. Honestly, I don't give a fuck if you stream Hollywood like fucking horror, (laughs) like with your fucking, with your fucking Cody or Mm -hmm. whatever you use. Like if you want to watch Halloween 2018 and fucking not pay for it, by all means, I don't give a fuck. Like, But, like, at least the independent artists, like, they put hard work into this, Mm -hmm. and they they don't have billions and millions of dollars to spend on a budget. No. And, like, this is their life. This is why their movies are better than the mainstream is because they give a fuck. So, like, please just start renting, start buying stuff. Like, if you can afford $4 for a fucking combo meal that's going to fucking clog your arteries... You can put $4 aside like once a month to like rent a movie Mm. that you know you heard about like it's not going to hurt you like you just check my Amazon Prime. I've I bought Relic like I didn't just rent it I bought it Mm. I bought Club Dread I bought like a few movies and I I, if I want something I'll rent it or I'll buy it like yeah just just support independent filmmakers because they actually give a shit about us more than Hollywood does like and they're they care about the the horror culture and the community like this isn't they're not like chasing pennies like
0: mhm yeah they actually think about their ideas as well instead of just mainly rehashing old stuff because they know it's going to make money yeah right so i mean if you guys want to stop complaining about every remake and shit that's coming to hollywood that's how you do it you support independent cinema you support great ideas like Possessor, even Color Out of Space, which even though it's technically an adaptation of an H.P. Lovecraft work, it not only adds a lot to that adaptation that, that is, is not in it whatsoever because it's like a short story, but it's just a great fucking movie. So, um, you know, that's how you support independent horror cinema. That's how you get the type of horror movies that you want. Hell, even, even slasher movies, like if you're just like an 80s fanboy like you know what would have happened if you didn't go and like pay money to see you know friday the 13th or halloween or any of those movies you would have just seen way more trashy shit in the movie theaters like in the mainstream that you wouldn't like to see right because a lot of those movies were were super indie even like all the ripoff stuff like spookies even you think anybody fucking paid money (laughs) to go see Spookies? no so yeah i mean that's how you do it so i think that's a great message for sure and I think uh, at this point, you shouldn't really have any excuse to not find the type of horror that you want because there's so many resources. I mean, so
1: you can literally like, even if it doesn't come up like Google, like horror movies 2020, like just browse Amazon Prime. You know what you do? If you go to the horror section, it's not going to show you all their horror movies. Click on a movie you like mm-hmm. and then scroll down and you'll get a whole list of other movies that are similar to it. And then if you run out, click on one of them and then a whole new list will pop up underneath and you can just keep doing that. That's how I find my movies. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, I do the same thing. Check out Just Watch and other apps like that, that, you know, will tell you where you can find certain movies or whatever, you know, go to websites, join the groups, see what people are recommending. So honestly, 2020 had a lot of good stuff. I saw people that were like, nah, nothing came out this year. Nothing good came out. But it's like, all right, what did you watch? The Dark and the Wicked and like that's it yeah (laughs) it's like that's you're not really exploring the full spectrum of of what the genre has to offer right now and there's there's a lot so um i'm i'm definitely looking forward to more stuff coming out next year we'll be back with another episode like this at the end of next year and hopefully we'll be back with another new episode uh you know relatively shortly it depends We'll, we'll see what happens with the pandemic and everything like that but we want to be back as, as soon as humanly possible.
1: Yeah, and uh, guys, with the whole vaccine, um, I know it's a good thing. We have a vaccine. I get it. But, um, don't rush into it. Let's, let's let the first trial um do its thing and let's see what happens to these people getting the vaccines. Same thing with the yeah. first few people buying the Xbox Series X and the PS5. Like, Oh, that's me. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm the more <laughs> hey um let other people get it yeah. first and then see what bugs it has. You know cuz I don't want to like be like that one girl who got like a flu shot and then she could only walk backwards. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, no. And I'm, I think I'm careful enough um I don't endanger other people. Mm-hmm. When I go out, I wear my N95 mask. Like I'm Yeah. I'm not the cloth mask wearer. I'm I I'll fucking if I don't have an N95 mask I'm gonna use a cloth, the three layer cloth mask that I have and I make sure that it's fully sealed. If there's shit coming, if there's air coming out, I tape that fucking side clothes. (laughs) I'm not getting sick. I'm not getting other sick. I'm not going out to bars. I'm not fucking partying. I'm a homebody. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna lay back, lay low, watch what happens with this whole vaccine scenario. Cause sometimes side effects don't show up for sometimes a month. So mm-hmm. let's just see this first wave of vaccines. Let's see what happens. And if it's working out fine, then yeah, I definitely want to get one to reduce my chances. Even if it reduces my chances by 40%, that's 40% less chance of me getting it than now without it. Right. So
0: yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, the I think the message is be safe care about each other and don't be a selfish asshole
1: yeah but but america my freedoms no you're not a real fucking american if you think that like aren't we supposed to care about the people we the people so why don't Mm -hmm. you care about your people like your neighbor no one really has a rebuttal when i say like what if you kill an old person well then they're old anyway oh so because they're old we can like fucking like send them to an early grave. Like, what if they want to live more? Like, I don't know. You just think about it. It's not me. I'm not 90. So I'm not worried. Okay. But don't be surprised when you're 90 and your karma comes back and someone sticks you in a retirement home and they're injecting you with
0: ketamine every day (laughs) and they abuse the shit out of you. You'll deserve it. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Everything that's kind of happening right now is, uh, it's just a lot, but you know, we'll see what happens. We can only hope that it gets better from here on out. And, uh, Hopefully we'll be back soon, guys, but we hope you enjoyed the episode. If you stuck it out, thank you so much. As always, thank you to everybody who comments, talks to us, everybody who listens to the podcast, and we can only hope to get even bigger from here. So, yeah, I mean, we'll just uh, have to see you next time
1: and we'll see you probably in 2021 on Grave. (laughs) Discussion. <laughs> we miss you guys a lot. We love you.
0: This has been an SRD production.